The home and away season has concluded in the NAB League girls, which means we see the Northern Knights, Geelong Falcons, Calder Cannons and the Eastern Rangers participate in the inaugural finals series. For the first time, the under-18 girls will have preliminary finals heading into the grand final. We'll discuss all that and more in this edition of the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central for all your pathway-related content across Aussie rules, basketball and netball. Visit draftcentral.com. I'm Matthew Cox, great to have your company, and as I welcome the Chief Editor of Draft Central, Pete Williams, to the program. Pete, it was an interesting final round for the under-18 girls competition. Yeah, there were a couple of possibilities that were thrown up, but once uh, Calder had got the victory on the weekend, we knew that the uh, the top four was settled, and then a bit of the surprise result with Easton losing, and uh, and... At the end of the day, though, they're already in, so we've got our top four and looking forward to this weekend. And the women's footy editor of Draft Central, Sophie Taylor, also joins us. Disappointing that we won't see the Bendigo Pioneers or Oakley Chargers in the final series after both had fairly good seasons. Yeah, both sides were really solid this season, um, showed a lot of improvement, but unfortunately just couldn't get it done in the end. And before we uh, get stuck into it, I just want to point out something that it was tipped about a month ago by the chief editor, the big boss, the man who supposedly knows everything, Pete Williams, that the Eastern Rangers would finish third. Yep. You booked them in. Yep. Where were they on the ladder, Pete? They were equal third, Coxie, <laughs> if you look <laughs> at that. Uh, both them and the Calder Cannons finished six wins, three losses. Yeah, but that doesn't affect the positioning. Where did they finish well, positioning-wise on the ladder? They were the closest to third that they could possibly <laughs> be. They were fourth. He's in denial. Uh, but after this final series, who knows? They might even be That's higher. That's true. That's true. They can so cause the, an upset. So the tip's still alive, in theory. Yeah, well, they can't really finish third, can they? They're going to finish fourth or, or second or first, but they can't finish third. Ladder-wise, they can, but if they knock off their opponents mm. this week, they could finish second. Mm. That's right. So they could do even better. Yes. Which still, still not still, right. Still no, means I they don't finish I third, which I've just got. Well, that's Moving okay. on. <laughs> at, least, at least I'm here making the predictions, yep. Coxie. And uh, where'd the Dragons finish, Pete? Oh, I can't really see. Look at that. What are they? Uh, they're, they're, oh, no, they're equal. They're equal eight. Yeah, they're not. There's nowhere to defend that. Let's, no. get, let's get serious. From round nine, the final home and away round. Uh, the Geelong Falcons bounced back after their loss to the Northern Knights on the weekend, defeating the Murray Bush Rangers by 48 points, 8.755 to 1.17. A good bounce back from the Falcons. Yeah, it was... Um, I, I kind of felt a bit sorry for the Bushies because they threw everything at Geelong in that first quarter. And they kicked the first goal through Olivia Barber and you just thought um, that they were up and about, tackling pressure. Geelong were just... They're still looking good. They were slick. They looked really good. But the pressure from Murray was forcing them to um, not have the time and space that they might be afforded in most games. And realistically, the scoreline in the end did not reflect the um, ability that Murray showed. They just didn't have that class that Geelong had, that, um, I guess, the the top-age talent now that's come through, as well as their like younger girls that play quite well. But Mia Skinner um, got off the chain in the second term, kicked three goals, and from there you knew there was no catching the Falcons. They're just too good, too clinical. Um, ended up kicking the uh, eight goals, seven to one one, and uh, like at the end of the day, the likes of Lucy McAvoy, who was often double teamed at stoppages or tried to be brought down in tackles, still had the twenty seven touches, eight marks, six tackles, four inside fifties, and a rebound. She was, you know, best on ground, but um, right alongside her uh, on the op. 
opposition team was Millie Brown, who was absolutely sensational. And she rebounded everything she could, took a number of intercept marks, ended up with the uh, the five rebounds and the 28 touches coming off halfback. And um, they would have lost by a lot more if it wasn't for her. So she did a terrific job. And um, the likes of Paige Shepard and Darcy Maloney were terrific as well for, for Geelong. And uh, Olivia Barber, as I mentioned, kicked the first goal. And look, she showed promising signs. She's, she's a player that's still in that middle-age bracket. So she's still got another... Uh, 18 months till the potential draft kind of thing. So she's still got next year with the Bushies. Uh, hopefully we'll see her at uh, Vic Country. She's a lead-up forward. She does all the hard things, right? The the work rate, the leading, the marking. It's just finishing off in front of goal. And she kicked a great goal on the weekend. And look, it wasn't a win for Bushies, but they certainly uh, didn't have their colours lowered, despite what the score might say. They, uh, they gave it their all till the end. Just Geelong are too good, and there's a reason they're reigning premiers. Also on Saturday, we had the Dandenong Stingrays, another side that looked like they could make the top four at the halfway point of the season, unfortunately not getting there in the end. 9-6-60, they defeated the Western Jets on the weekend, 1-3-9, a 51-point margin. Yeah, it was a really solid outing from Dandy against Western, who have shown some really good stuff in the last few weeks. But Dandenong did a really, really good job holding the Jets goalless until the final quarter, putting that pressure on constantly. Um, the Jets, they only got the one goal for the game. Laura Wright was the goal kicker with four tackles. Um, the regular standout, I guess, would be Elizabeth Georgia-Stathis. Um, she had 23 touches and seven tackles. Um, Paige Annie Ozols had 14 touches and five tackles. And then you look at the Dandenong players and they were all really, really solid. Um, the likes of Tiana Smith with four goals, 23 touches and four tackles in one of her best performances for the season so far. And she was our draft central rising star for round nine. Um, then we've got the likes of Eloise Allen Burns with two goals, um, Molly McDonald with 21 touches, Georgia Grimmer with a goal, four marks and seven tackles. And then defensively, Brooke Vernon um, was really, really solid with seven rebound 50s and 16 touches. So overall, a fantastic performance by Dandy. The game that did decide the final spot inside the top four on the weekend went the way of the Calder Cannons, a 31-point victory over the Gippsland Power, 5-7-37 to one straight six. Yeah, it was a, obviously, it looks like it was a one-sided contest, but honestly, the score didn't reflect much like the uh, the Murray-Geelong game. It didn't really reflect, reflect the contest. Calder were just better going forward, and, and that was about it, realistically. Um, the likes of, you know, Georgia Patrikios and Georgie Presparkis, they were the two that just got things happening in the first half. Um, Patrikios kicked the entire score of the first quarter, kicked two goals uh, and snapped and hit a post, uh, which was, uh, you know, potentially three goals to her in the first quarter. So she was the one when it was a bit of an arm wrestle, no one had scored. She was the one that stepped up and, and got her side going. And then Press Parkers kicked a goal and, and assisted in another. So four of the five goals to the Cannons were actually involved through Press Parkers or Patrikios, either through themselves or assists. So... It was uh, it was quite a good game by them. They had plenty of players that sort of played their role as well um, throughout the game. Like I know Alana Barma ha- had ten tackles, which was terrific. Um, where for Gippsland, you know, Shanara Notman uh, played her best game of the season. She had 18 touches, seven rebounds. She was really good. Um, she did have a bit of a, a, a mind blank, I think, trying to step around Georgia Patrikios in the first uh, quarter where she kicked a goal on her and 
for anyone who knows Georgia Patricio, she's the last player you want to try and step around. So um, she made a mistake there, but she's uh, she played a really good game overall, Notman. Uh, she was strong overhead, took five marks. Uh, Matilda Van Berkel, again, good in defence. And it was great to see uh, Nakia Weber kick a goal late in the game. They deserved a goal and they got one right near the end. And even some of the Cannons fans were like, yeah, they, they deserved to kick one because they'd really been good defensively. Uh, and they did actually, you know, keep uh, the Cannons goalless in the last quarter and only one goal in the second half. So they were deserving of uh, a bit of a closer margin, if you like. But it was quite literally Prasparkas and Patrikios in that first half that set them up. And... Uh, now the Cannons look uh, look ahead to finals. Finishing in third spot on the ladder. The trend of big wins continued on Sunday where the Northern Knights, this was a big one over the GWV Rebels, 7-8-50 to just five behinds. Yeah, GWV will be a little bit frustrated with this loss to Northern. Um, obviously, Northern's a really stellar side, but um, GWV have shown some really good stuff in the last few weeks. So going down by 45 points will be a bit of a bugger for them. Um, but yeah, Northern were just far too strong. Um, that being said, they'll want to up their accuracy a little bit in finals, especially um, potentially coming up against Geelong again. Obviously, they had a big win the other week, but you can't rely on that coming into finals. Um, the likes of Sophie Mullen and Ella Wood were really great for GWV. 26 touches for Mullen, uh, seven tackles and two behinds. Um, so missing the mark a few times, but um, being a really good option, I guess, forward. Um, Ella Wood was also really good with 15 touches and two marks. Um, then for Northern, again, another side that just has those phenomenal players across the field. Alyssa Bannon had two goals, five marks, three tackles. Ali McKenzie um, had 23 with four marks and three tackles. Nell Morris-Dalton with 22 touches. Um, I think it's the season best. Um, a goal and three marks and three tackles. Uh, Jess Fitzgerald, 21 touches, eight tackles. Uh, uh, but she was one of the players who had three behinds herself. So, again, we'll want to up that accuracy. So, yeah, it was a pretty shared effort across the board for Northern. Um, and, yeah, just way too strong for the Rebels. Timing their run to perfection, the Northern Knights, after defeating the Geelong Falcons last week by a fairly hefty margin. They've done it again on the springboard into finals. Also on Sunday, this was a little bit of an upset with the Sandringham Dragons getting over the line against the Eastern Rangers by four points, 3-5-23 to 3-1-19. Yeah, it was, a, it was a bit of a low-scoring contest, and I think that's what favours Sandringham. Both these sides are more of a low-scoring defensive outfit, so they don't score high too often, although Rangers did have a huge win over Gippsland um, the other week. Uh, but in this game, it was obviously low-scoring, and Sandringham got the job done by four points in the end. Uh, Rangers did come back at them at one stage and, uh, you know, they did get it within four after Dragons led by as much as 16, but it just they just ran out of time in the end. So, uh, unfortunately for them, uh, they still make finals, but they finish fourth. I don't really think there's a preference you'd play out of the Knights or Falcons. Both on their day are going to be an unbelievable tough challenge. Uh, so... You know, in this game, if you look at Sandy's top ball winners, no surprise, Alice Burke at the top. Uh, she had the 18 touches, the five tackles, uh, three inside 50s. Winnie Lang, again, was a, another prominent player, 16 disposals. Uh, you know, she had a, a inside 50 and a rebound. And 
Uh, Daisy Walker continued her good form with uh, 15 disposals, eight tackles, five inside 50s. And um, there weren't heaps of high disposal winners across the board. Where for Eastern, uh, Tess Flintoff again, she's shaping as a really talented prospect from cricketing background. 23 disposals, 21 kicks. She loves kicking it. Uh, six marks, three tackles, three inside 50s, four rebounds. Tani Brown, potential, obviously, Collingwood father-daughter selection next year. Uh, 23 touches, three marks, four tackles, three inside 50s and two rebounds. She was terrific at Emma Horn as well with the uh, 18 touches backing up her 28 from last week. And she's had three marks, two tackles, two inside 50s and two rebounds. So uh, Eastern now will hopefully hope to bounce back against Northern Knights, which is no easy task this week. Final game of the round featured two sides that were in contention for the fifth spot, which will play the Tassie Devils in the final invitational game for them for them this year. The Chargers got over the line in the end. 7-8-50, holding off the Bendigo Pioneers four straight 24, a margin of 26 points. Yeah, Bendigo's another team that have really shown a lot of um, guts and determination this season. Um, one thing I do want to bring up with Bendigo is their tackling pressure is just phenomenal. Um, you look at the likes of Brooke Hards, uh, she had a pretty low disposal performance, but 13 tackles alone. Um, Valiva, eight tackles, Barton, six tackles. So the tackling pressure from Bendigo is really, really solid and really helps to create that pressure, um, especially in the midfield and around stoppages. So um, really good job by Bendigo there. Um, Elizabeth Snell kicked two goals. Morv Tapper also had a really solid performance with 15 touches and six tackles. Um, but then, yeah, you look at the likes of Oakley and they, again, had a really solid performance and, of course, um, slot into fifth place with this win um, to play Tassie. Um, Nicola Zenos with 23 touches and a goal. Gemma LaJoya with a goal, 19 touches, six marks. Amelia Van Oosterwick with uh, nine touches, eight tackles and a behind. And then Emily Harley with 19 touches and a goal. So, Again, it's another really solid performance by Oakley. So despite Bendigo's efforts, they just couldn't get a win on the board this week. And a disappointing end to the season for the Pioneers, losing their last three games after what was positive early signs for them. They'll be able to take away a lot from the season. Just quickly, before we move on, a quick summary of, of the sides that haven't made the finals. Your thoughts about them going forward heading into next season. The, the Gippsland Power, they won a game which... Wasn't, mm. I, I suppose, expected. Certainly uh, in this room, we, we thought they were potentially going to get a win, but uh, didn't firmly put them into it. They got it in the mm. end, so I think that's a great result for them. Uh, what can they look forward to next season? I think they've got a good core of uh, 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 middle-agers uh, this year that'll be top-agers next year. Chandra Abraham's one to watch for. Um, Grace McRae had a really good season this year. Uh, there's there's quite a few that are, are coming through that bracket that are slowly uh, developing in, and even those that are um, a couple of years away uh, that are coming through. Lily Rose Williamson's one for the future to keep an eye on. She's a very talented player, played at V-Line Cup last year. Uh, I, I think they'll be going up next year. I'm not saying they'll be a, a contender, but I think they might notch up a couple more wins and, and challenge some sides. The GWV Rebels, so if you saw them a, a couple of times in the recent weeks, encouraging signs for them finishing the year with two wins, seven losses. Yeah, I was 
pretty impressed with the Rebels. I thought they were really solid through the midfield and defensively. Um, I, I mean, obviously, one of the games I did see them in was against the Jets. So, a different kind of performance to what you would see against the likes of one of the top teams. But, like I said, pretty solid through the midfield. I really liked what they had to offer off the halfback. So, yeah, I'd hope to see them go a little bit better next season. The Western Jets, another side that uh, you've had your eyes on the last couple of weeks. Three wins, six losses, finishing 10th on the ladder again, encouraging signs in the back half of the season. Yeah, I I think they had a really good, um, I mean, back end of the field. Their defensive pressure was really, really um, fantastic. They weren't necessarily always able to break through the midfield and get the uh, scores on the board. But again, I think they had a pretty solid season, especially given they didn't get that many wins, but they did get, I think it was three on the board. So yeah, pretty solid. The Murray Bush Rangers, Pete, they also finished the year three wins, six losses in ninth spot on the ladder with a percentage of 56.5. Yeah, I'm quite buoyant about their uh, prospects next year. They've got a few coming through. I, I mentioned Olivia Barber uh, before. She's uh, their top prospect for next year. They've got a few through that midfield. Abby Favell's shown quite a few good signs uh, playing at champs for uh, Eastern Allies this year or playing New South Wales at the moment. Um, so they've got quite a few good prospects that are coming through. I think that this year was really a, a learning one for them because they had a really experienced side, if you like, if you can call it that, in the comp last year. They had a lot of top ages and they've now had to bring in a lot of young kids coming through that are a year or two away from actually being eligible to be drafted. So I think they'll certainly build on that. The Sandringham Dragons, we've discussed a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. It was probably a disappointing season mm. for them in the end, finishing eighth on the ladder, just the three wins, a percentage of 61.5. Yeah, they're a team I think could jump into the four. Uh, I thought it might have been this year, but next year. Um, are we know, recording yeah. that? Are we putting that <laughs> in the book now? Yeah, you, no, I'm not putting it in now, but I think they're one to watch for because they're top, they're better player. The players that perform stronger are in that bottom age bracket. Alice Burke and Sarah Hartwig are two players to keep an eye on uh, that, you know, Alice Burke, obviously St Kilda father-daughter potential. Uh, So she's one to certainly watch and Sarah Hartwig as well. So they're two players I think will be two of the better players in the competition next year. So if they can sort out their kicking in front of goal um, and again had they kicked straight throughout this season I think they probably would have notched up a few more wins so um, they've certainly got a lot to work with. The Bendigo Pioneers finished the season four wins five losses it was encouraging early on but it just faded out towards the end a percentage of 78.7. Yeah like I said before Bendigo I'm I've been pretty impressed with this season yeah the four the four wins the five losses I think that's a pretty um, solid effort for the season Um, And like I said, when I was chatting about this week's game, um, the pressure that Bendigo have put on um, stoppages, around stoppages, um, across the entire field has just been standout this season. So, yeah, hopefully next season they get a few more wins on the board and get that elusive finals berth that they were hoping for this season. I was just going to say, and along with Sandy, their better players this season are also bottom ages. Book Hards is a bottom ager. Gemma Finnan's a uh, bottom ager. Tara Slender's a couple of years off. They're, they're, they're players that I think uh, with an extra year, they could well be right up there um, and be another team that improves that bit further. They weren't too far off finals, so hopefully they go that step better. Finally, the Dandenong Stingrays, they finished the year with five wins and four losses, a percentage of 126.8. It was that mid season speed hump that caught them in the end they lost a few players courtesy of representative football 
um, and then just struggled to get back into form. Finished the year with two wins, but it was really that mid part of the season that they struggled. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. They had a lot that um, did play for the AFL Academy, and that kind of tells you they've got a strong side. Um, but next year, they've still got quite a few that are coming through that will be available um, for them. If you look for, we spoke about Tiana Smith before. She's still got another year to go, which is remarkable. Uh, Zoe Hill, a key defender, she's been one that's been terrific throughout the year. Georgia Grimmer's a couple of years off. She's going to be one to um, keep an eye out for. So they've got a few that are, are building nicely, and I, I, I think they'll be thereabouts again next season. You're listening to the NAB League Girls edition of the Final Siren podcast. Head to afl.draftcentral.com.au for a full recap of the final round of the home and away season. We're now going to have a chat with the Calder Cannons' Felicity Theodore. Pete, what can you tell us about her? Yeah, she's a player that um, she's was playing midfield for a bit and now she's playing off uh, half-back and she's quite a quick little, uh, I guess, burst player, and she likes to use uh, handballs uh, to get the ball forward. So she's not a huge disposal winner, averaging about seven touches a game, but she she just sort of breaks the lines a little bit and uh, creates plays. And she's also uh, a part of Essendon's uh, VFLW list. So towards the end of the year, you might uh, see her there, uh, and hopefully she'll make uh, Vic Metro champs. So we'll see how that goes, but you should see her there at the end of the year. And uh, we spoke to her at the NAB League Fitness Testing Day. What are you looking forward to this season? Um, we've got a new group of girls, so I'm really excited to play with all of them. Um, I'm excited to meet new girls as well. Um, but I'm just looking forward to the season as a whole and being able to play with my teammates, you know, get the coaching staff that are amazing, um, just to improve my game sort of thing. And what area would you like to improve on this year? Um, definitely on my quick kicks, like so just get it and kick sort of thing, um, really trying to hit up a target. And. How did you get into footy? Um, I got into footy through Maddie Press Parkers, plays for um, Carlton. She actually pulled me over one training session and was like, come, come train. And I was like, ah, oh, mm. but yeah, so that's how I started. And what was it like playing with someone like Maddie? Oh, it was amazing. Every game was just, she gave 120% and it was so inspiring to see. And what are your hopes for footy? Um, I hope to follow in Maddie's footsteps and get drafted, but I'm just at the moment, hoping just to have a really good season and enjoy myself. Excellent. Perfect. Thank you. Felicity Theodore there from the Cold Cannons here on the Final Siren podcast, the Nabley Girls edition. Head to afl.draftcentral.com.au for comprehensive coverage of the Nabley Girls as we head towards the finals. Before we get to the two preliminary finals, which is a first for the Nabley Girls in 2019, there is an invitational game being played on Sunday at Windy Hill, kicking off at 11am. The Oakley Chargers taking on the Tasmania Devils. This is part of the three-game invitational series for the Devils in 2019 as they prepare to enter the competition full-time next season. They went down to the Eastern Rangers and Western Jets a couple of weeks ago. They put in a very competitive performance against the Eastern Rangers. What can we expect to see from the from them this time against the Oakley Chargers? I'm sure they'll be hoping to put in a similar uh, effort against Oakley. They're, Oakley are a different side, though, and I think it might be more challenging. Eastern are very much a... 
um, I guess, a handballing side. Uh, they like to keep possession, but they like to move it um, in short little sh- uh, bursts. Where Oakley are a faster, high-scoring team. They're the third, uh, I think, yeah, third highest-scoring team in the comp behind, obviously, the top two sides. So they're a team that can put some big scores on the board, and we've seen that week to week. Um, and I certainly think Oakley will get this done fairly comfortably, especially if Emily Harley can get on top uh, inside 50. And they've certainly got a lot of scoring options in in that forward 50 arc. And they're really unlucky not to be playing finals, but you know, slipping up in that, uh, I guess, second last round against the Rebels cost them. So, um, but we showed they can draw with Northern, so their best is good enough. And I think Tasmania, they they're gonna hope to just keep possession of the footy uh, Mia King's one to watch but otherwise yeah I'm definitely going with uh, Oakley in this one the Chargers standout players it's their last chance to perform at this mm. level plus you've obviously got an eye to next year how do you think the Chargers are going to prepare for this one given that it's not a game for premiership points well the the better players will obviously play um, champs uh, you know Gemma LaJoy is one Emily Harley we mentioned Alana Porter is another so there's quite a few there um, that, are, that are worth watching, but um, certainly they'll want to build uh, form going to champs for themselves and for VFLW for those who don't uh, play. Your tip, Sophie? I'm going to go Oakley. Yeah, like Pete said, Tassie put in a, a really good effort against Eastern, but yeah, I, I, I would like to see a good fight again, but I don't know whether they'll be able to against Oakley. I think Oakley will get over the line, but I expect the Tassie Devils to be competitive. I just think the Chargers might try a few things and test the versatility of a couple of their players, which means they won't be going 100%, which, if they're not fully switched on, could catch them off guard. I'll just put that out there and we'll see how that goes next week, given my tipping performance. Probably no good. On Saturday... We have the two preliminary finals. This is the first time the under-18 girls competition has this, uh, which is a significant milestone. Of course, last year we had our first grand final and the season prior to that it was just decided on the ladder. Kicking off at Shepley Oval, 12.30 on Saturday. The Northern Knights will take on the Eastern Rangers, the top side against the fourth side of the competition. Break this one down for us, Pete. I think this is actually a better matchup. Uh, than what it would have been if it had been colder and nights. Um, and likewise, I'll, I'll say the same for Falcons and colder. I think Eastern have a better chance against Northern than colder do in the sense that Eastern are a really good unit, similar to the, the boys that we talk about. They're a really good team. Um, they don't have heaps of standout players. Tani Brown, Olivia Maher, Serena Gibbs has shown signs, Laura McClelland, of course. Um, there's a few in there that have shown some good signs, but they don't have standout players. You need a good team to beat the Knights. We saw that with Oakley uh, getting the draw. Uh, Knights don't often lose uh, too much. They lost, to obviously, the Falcons last year, but they haven't seen it for a while. So um, I think, look, it's hard to look past the Knights here, especially with their top-end talent, Ellie McKenzie, Gabby Newton, Brittany Goodneck. The, the list goes on. Um, so I do think the Knights will get the job done, but I do think that this will be closer than uh, many anticipate. I, I hope it is for the for those that are there at the game. And we have seen at times Northern not quite... 100% in four quarters, as we saw against Oakley. So I think against Eastern, you can't afford to do that for too long. If they if they do that for more than a quarter, then Eastern could really uh, be able to capitalise. And they're not a high-scoring team, uh, Eastern, but they certainly uh, they, they get the job done defensively, and they're, they're a team to watch. 
these two sides have faced each other earlier in the season back in round five, and the Knights won by 24 points on that occasion, 7-8-50 to 4-2-26. But as Pete just alluded to, both of these sides have got good form coming into the this final series. Yeah, I think at the end of the, of the day, it's really hard to tip against a side like Northern that has dominated for majority of the season despite the little slip-up against Oakley. So, yeah... Despite some really, really good form from Eastern recently, yeah, I think Northern have it this week. I tend to agree. Unfortunately for the Eastern Rangers, a very impressive season from them. I do think the Knights will be too strong and their form in the last fortnight has really indicated that. That's the first preliminary final, as I said, kicking off at 12.30 at Shipley Oval on Saturday. That match will be followed by the second preliminary final. At 2.15, we have the Geelong Falcons taking on the Calder Cannons. This will be an interesting contest, uh, purely to see, uh, I guess, where Calder match up. We saw a few weeks ago, it looked like Geelong were going to run away with an easy victory early um, in that first quarter, and then Calder managed to just hold them at bay for the rest of the three quarters and kept them scoreless for three quarters, where Calder kicked a goal at the end um, through Patrikios. And uh, I, I think that's what Calder need. For Calder to win this game, Georgia Patrikios and Georgie Prasparkas need to have unbelievable matches. Uh, the, the rest of the team still needs to stand out, but um, they really need to assert their authority and potentially kick multiple goals because I just think Geelong's forward line and depth of it, if, you, if you're able to hold, say, Amir Skinner, then Paige Shepherd will go forward and kick a couple of goals or Renee Tierney will get off the chain and kick a couple of goals. They've just got so many potential goal kickers and players that can play a role. Um, and that's the thing, even if Lucy McAvoy had a bad game, they've got enough potential that rotate through that midfield. Laura Gardner, Luca Lazowski, hey, they, they win the ball. Uh, Elise Veller on the outside. They, they've got that many names that can just stand up. And that's the big question mark with Calder. If Patrikios and Pris Parkas, for whatever reason, don't have a good game, can they still win this game? I don't think they can. Um, and that's not to say there aren't those that play well, like a Felicity Theodore or Alana Barber. Makisha Muller's played well at times. But I do think the importance of Patrikios and Pris Parkas to Calder's chances is a lot more vital than, say, a McAvoy or someone like that to Geelong because if their top players aren't playing at the the elite level, the top layer, uh, potential they can, I think there's others that can, can fill in. And that's where this, uh, I guess, lies. How well Calder can stand up uh, behind those top two. The Geelong victory against Calder came during a period where I think the Falcons were just a little off the mark. They obviously went down to the Northern Knights the following week. They've rebounded against the Murray Bush Rangers, but was only 14 points the last time these two sides played. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, this matchup will come down to consistency. And I think Geelong's consistency across the board, um, not only this season, but last season, and looking at a majority of their games this season... I think they have the consistency to get this one done fairly easy against Calder who have had those players who really stand out some weeks and then have quieter weeks other weeks. So, yeah, I'm going Geelong. I tend to agree with that. And Calder's also, it's worth noting, is the third best defensive team behind the you know the two you expect. Um, and they're the, the fourth best offensive team behind the top two and Oakley. So they certainly are, deserve to be there. They've put enough scores on the board and they're certainly really good defensively. And I think that's how they'll want to play. They won't want to 
try and match Geelong with a high scoring contest because if they do they won't they won't have enough firepower I don't think to match them so they'll want to keep it low scoring defensive just play keepings off and and try and create something through their through their uh, playmakers conservative approach don't take too many risks mm. that would be the only way I think the cannons will get over the line unfortunately I think Geelong will be too strong for them which means Going at our tips, we're shaping up for a repeat of last mm. year's grand final, the Northern Knights and Geelong Falcons. But that's not set in concrete. And stranger <laughs> things have happened, especially preliminary final day. It throws up a few hiccups over the journey in football. So we wait to see how it plays out in the NAB League Girls competition. For comprehensive previews and coverage across the weekend, head to afl.draftcentral.com.au and you can also follow it on social media, Pete. Yeah, at Draft Central Oz, A-U-S. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram for all your content needs. Big thank you to Sophie Taylor, the women's footy editor of Draft Central, who has been under the weather this week <laughs> and, and pushed through. Uh, I reckon it's been her best performance so far. Yeah. Three votes. Three votes. To I'll so take it. <laughs> coming underdone every week and we'll be right. Um, unlike your good self there, Pete. Wow. <laughs> the chief editor of Draft Central. Just uh, guess, given your predictions and the way they've come off for the Nebley girls. Jeez, you, you put yourself out there and you just get criticised. Oh. That's what happens <laughs> in the media. I'm Matthew Cox. Thank you very much for your company here on the Final Siren Podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. Draft Central.